Let's uh, let's start the app and talk about them there. Are we recording? Yep. 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 This pack of white claws is brought to you by a Clefairy Shadowless card. <laughs> <laughs> I I sold it right as I was. Thank like, God for Pokemon cards. Yeah. yeah. Resurgence. The the eBay auction ended right as I was buying the the white claw. Oh, yeah. I'm opening this window. <laughs> what is this? Eighty five. Adventure. Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. And I'm Nick the Human. It's been a couple weeks, but we're back. We're back. We're back and we're recording this at um, a really interesting time for Adventure Guys, uh, which is a Monday night. Night Boys edition. Night Boys. Nighttime. It's, we're <laughs> simmering here. I think this calls for uh, a candle lighting, Eric. Now, next to me, I've got two PF candles. You can hear the lids coming off and rattling, probably. Now, I'm, I'm not going to tell you the scent of these, but I want you to take a smell and just see what which one. It, well, first, take a smell and guess if, see if you can guess what what the smell is. I don't know. You don't know. Now, I don't know names. I like I like yeah. I like smells, but I don't know names. Check out this smells. one. Mm. Now, which do you prefer? Maybe, one or maybe maybe this one, given the current two. weather. Yes. I agree. Now, it was two candles. The first one was Amber and Moss, number 11, for any of you PF heads. And then uh, the second one, Vanilla and Ghost Pepper soy candle. Wow. You can. It smells a little spicy, right? Yeah, but the, it, it's still sweet. Still sweet. Better, I'm excited. for summer. The first one f- smelled more like, a, like an autumn kind of candle. Yeah. Spring or autumn. Although it was really fucking nice when I was walking over here. Like, it was hot out earlier today but it was real nice it was a nice breeze walking through williamsburg oh, yeah eric you have your new new spot which, yeah since we last talked again you've you've moved again uh so congrats <laughs> thanks it's <laughs> nice you walked here instead of uh now the brooklyn era is really really on <laughs> yeah yeah i did i it took two three three van trips of moving gear in and mm. and furniture and stuff and the last one was yesterday and I finally have all my shit in the apartment, and I'm living there. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Welcome. I went to Austin for the week, and I hung out with Sean. I had a lot of work to do during it, which is uh, very soul-crushing, uh, <laughs> doing work on your vacation days. Uh, but I t- still did good stuff. We, um, we recorded a new song of mine, drums and bass, and then we did some overdubs with my friend Brian for another song. Had a Fourth of July party. I sat in with Sean's Grateful Dead band, which um, Sean's coming to town this weekend for Dead and Company at uh, MetLife. No, 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 they're at City Field. Oh. It's the last two shows of the Dead and Co tour. Very likely that the word in the street or the rumors it'll be Bill Kreutzmann, who's the drummer, be his last tour. So we might see his last show with ever. Which would be pretty monumental. Um, Man, I've already worked two Grateful Dead tribute shows at Brooklyn Bowl. Oh, nice! And I have a third one on the schedule. <laughs> that's dude, you're in that. That's where you are now. <laughs> um, yeah, I got to sit in. I did six songs with the Dead band, which was a per- 
personal triumph. I would, I guess, you know what? I'm going to venture a guess that we do talk about music a lot in this podcast. And a lot of times it's punk adjacent. Um, so most of y'all probably don't fuck with the dead. I would just, <laughs> uh, guess to say, but I will say the way I put my interpretation of Jerry, maybe Sean could corroborate. He's definitely earlier Jerry in the late sixties there. I mean, they were kind of, I mean, they, the punk didn't exist yet, but they were like a counter on the forefront of counterculture and were very subversive and pretty, pretty damn rad, uh, and they've just definitely become one of my favorite bands. And the uh, so to do a show, and it's like also something for me I haven't done a lot of where it's like, okay, six songs you're singing as lead guitarist. Each song, it's like they just look at you. It's like, cool, time to jerry around, yeah. solo around, uh, <laughs> which was like really like a, a fun, fun thing to do because then you're it's like stretching my musical ability. And it's like something it's sort of like the pinnacle of guitar playing I always wanted to be able to get to, which is to just like have changes and try to improvise a compelling solo over it. Uh, <laughs> you don't you don't like improvising? I do. I just don't think that the Grateful Dead is really <laughs> the reference point to be talking about. <laughs> really? I feel like they are probably the number one most popular band that improvised uh, of I, all time. I I, can't, I don't I don't like Jam bands. I definitely don't like Grateful Dead. I, I've yeah. tried. I don't consider them a jam band, though. <sighs> They're a great American band. Mm. And playing in, like, the folk tradition. And then they were like, yeah, and we're going to, like, improvise. Like, like jazz and bluegrass but, dudes. But it's not like jazz. It's really not. I So I, I work at a jam band venue. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm just really not into that genre. I happen to be working a lot of the not jam shows. Um why? Why wouldn't the Grateful Dead be like jazz? What's the di- like? I don't understand what the difference is. I'm not being facetious. Like you have your changes, you have you have your form, and then when the the solo section comes, you take turns soloing over the changes, and that's sort of the basic uh, premise of jazz. Man, I mean, maybe it was like jazz. They were, I guess, like if they were doing that in the '60s, they were probably they were probably like doing jazz twenty years behind. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like jam bands are so rigid in their improvisation. I don't think you've listened to much Grateful Dead. I'm just going to go on to... I've listened to at least two Grateful Dead tribute Tribute shows. bands, but that, I'm not talking about <laughs> tribute bands. That'd be like going to... Uh, That's yeah. the, my most recent exposure to Grateful yeah. Dead. Um, yeah, I mean, they have stuff they go for, but I think a lot of jazz musicians have like licks and things and areas they go for like on certain songs. Hey, I mean, what did... Uh, was I mean Miles Davis was was into the dead. He liked it. Um and he fucking hated and was would not mince his words. If you've ever heard him talk about the Steve Miller band, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> um where he like hated them. He liked Hendrix. I think he he respect, respected them. Uh what did I don't know if it was Branford Marsalis? Somebody they he played with them um on Dark Star and he said he called Jerry Garcia the last melodic guitar player left which is pretty great i don't know it it all feels really vanilla to me hmm. the i had it was having a conversation with a guy at work and that's that's the way i feel about most jazz fusion by the way <laughs> I, I am like I, I 
I when I was younger, I I like some of it. Like I'll listen to some Weather Report or Returned Forever, and like there there's there's stuff that I like, but a lot of it I'm like, yeah, I don't know, I can't even get down with it. Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm I'm definitely into jazz fusion, and I was talking to a guy at work about the scene in Denton, Texas, like where I went to school, and like it's obviously like a very big jazz town. And like sort of the avant-garde improvisational scene that's around Texas. Mm-hmm. I was talking about jazz, and he immediately said, "Oh, so you you're into jam bands?" Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I don't I don't know if that's exactly how I would interpret what we were just talking about, but <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I just I don't consider the Grateful Dan- Dead a jam band at all. To me, they're like completely i consider them separate from the other discussions of like a string cheese incident fish um goose like all those sorts of bands i put into like a different bucket you know uh grateful dead is just like a band the jam because also the grateful dead have some really good songs uh that they wrote but whatever you'll maybe one day it'll uh you'll get into it it might not be from working like three dead cover bands in a row but uh (laughs) there'll be another there'll be another entry point for you the uh the next time i'm working a a dead tribute is um the bonorama show that's happening later this month in in a couple weeks um they have a a grateful dead tribute opening for them Mm -hmm. uh and i don't know i'm supposed to be running front house on that show but i don't i'm assuming the bonorama's bringing their own guest engineer for front of house uh usually that means that the house guy will have to do the the opening band so i might be working with that band but if they're on a tour together i think this is like kind of a big dead tribute band um so they they, which one it is uh the word dead is in the name i don't Mm -hmm. know yeah so they might have their own engineer too so i might just have to set it up for them and then just like let them do their thing which is always an easy show which honestly, like, it'd be great because I love Bonarama. It'd be great to just. So you like a band called Bonarama, yeah. but you're like, I'm out on the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> um, nice. Oh yeah, Dead Meat. Don't don't know anything about that band. I'm not that deep into the. the I only know the two big uh, or three big Dead cover bands. That's um, a what is it? A Thursday night? Yeah, you should come to that show. Yeah, maybe I will. Bonorama's great. Uh, I've been a fan of that band for like uh, 15 years now. Hmm. I saw them at um, a Wilmington Jazz Festival in like 2009, something Mm -hmm. like that. Nice. And then while I was in Austin, which I was trying to get to, I wanted to get to earlier, I didn't think you'd be so anti-dead, but uh, was I got the Cube tattoo. Oh yeah, the cube. the cube. Play that cube theme song. <laughs> the cube. Unravel the mystery. It's a conspiracy. It's the cube. The cube. Yes, I got the cube. Um uh yeah, it was it was great. It was a really, really great experience. Sean went with me to get the cube. Um, I was looking at a bunch of different artists and I'll say the funny thing about the cube is that we have not, I don't, I really don't think I've ever explained the cube tattoo on the air. We've only been referenced. Like I never actually went into it. And I thought we talked about it at length. 
No, that was a that was an after. That was because in the quarantine we'd finish potting and we would still keep talking. And I like brought you through the cube. Um, but it it's an idea that I came up with. Yeah, probably in like late 2020, fall 2020, or uh, January, February 21. Like, I want to get this cube tattoo. So I'll explain it for for the audience. I was I Sean and I were waiting for like breakfast tacos or something. And I was like, dude, what if I got a tattoo of poke? Because I love it so much. <laughs> just poke, poke. It's just, it's just hitting. So I was like, that'd be really fun. Like, you know, like the fish with the chopsticks and like, and Sean was like, do not do that. That is the stupidest tattoo I've ever <laughs> that's heard. That's a great of. idea. Um, that's what I thought. I was like, okay. Well, what if I just get the cube of the fish? Like the fish? He's like, no. I said, well, what if though I just got a cube? He was like, no. And I was like, okay. But then I, but then the the idea of just a cube was like rolling around in my head. We were just sitting in the car listening to some like old dub or something, and I was like, "Okay, hear me out." I was like, "I think there's some deeper symbolic resonance to the cube." Let me explain. <laughs> if you're looking at a three dimensional cube, you know if. Depending on how you're looking at it, you know, you, maybe you can only see one face if you're looking at it dead on and you're like the same size of it. But but for the sake of argument, let's think about the the classic three-dimensional cube. Like if you if you Google 3D cube, right, you're looking at three sides of the cube or a math teacher actually I met recently said, well, they're technically faces. So noted. You see three faces of the cube at any given time. So now, Eric, if the cube of the faces of this cube were blue, one would then assume I am looking at a blue cube. Um, that's what I would assume. That's what you would think. But what you have to remember is you're only seeing three sides of the cube, which is only, you know, there's six sides of a cube. So you're only, you're making your assertion or your assumption based off of 50% of the information. You don't know if this is a blue cube. It could be, the other sides could be red. <laughs> purple or translucent even like who knows like to call it a blue cube is like there's blue properties but it, it's kind of inaccurate and then so if we then accept okay all right nick i hear you like i got it like you're 50 percent of the cube if you then wrap your mind around the six sides of the cube you are then also accepting a reality where there is now volume to the cube there's the inside now screw 50% of the information at this point we don't even know what percent of the information the face makes up of the overall area of this cube we don't know the weight of the sides we don't even know what's going on in the middle what it could be like it could be a gas it could be a sea it could be an ocean it could be an entire galaxy of meaning and expression we don't even like know what is going on in this cube so then you just go hey cube okay I see your three blue sides. I see that, but here's the deal. I am going to just have some empathy and know that I don't know everything that's going on with you. I don't know what's inside. I don't know the other sides. I don't, I, there's a lot of shit I can't see, but I, I, I recognize that there is more to you that I can't see. So my, my tattoo of the cube is a traditional three dimensional cube as you would see, but with the dotted lines, uh, to imply empathy for the cube that, there's more to you than you can't see. Um, so it came from Poke, got to this deep meaning. 
I also, as my my taste and aesthetics have changed since I was younger, the idea of locking myself into a certain art aesthetic um, was one of the things holding me back on the tattoo. So it, getting a like a sort of line geometric shape was a way around said fear. And I could just be like, oh, yeah, well, this is kind of movable among different aesthetics. I am fully aware that everything is an aesthetic choice, even simple uh, geometric shapes. So I got it. I got it. Um, and I would also say, as I was talking about it today to my boss, and she doesn't have – she's like, I'm, I'm an overthinker, so I can never, like, get a tattoo. Talking about it. And that I, definitely resonates with me. And I don't know if, Eric, I've ever told you about – a few reoccurring nightmares I have about getting tattoos. No, <laughs> I have multiple reoccurring nightmares. Okay. Nightmare one. I got drunk somewhere like the New Jersey shore, somewhere kind of bad that you don't want to be getting drunk, but you're there. And what else are you to do? But then just like party hard. And I wake up the next day just like sprawled out on a couch or a floor or something. And I look, I look, Oh no, what happened? And my friend's like, yeah, dude, you did it. You got that lizard tattoo. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's not a lizard. That's like a dragon. And what I have is a huge dragon, like a Komodo dragon. That's like taking up my upper arm and my entire forearm. And it's tail comes down up and around on the top of my hand. <laughs> that's so rad. Now, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got that. <laughs> and what makes it so heartbreaking is that now that the tail is on the hand, if I'm wearing a shirt, like I was like at the time I, that I first had this nightmare, I would wear Oxford shirts like every day to work that I would like iron and done up because I was like, I'm going to be I'm gonna look at my shit. I have my shit together. And also Oxford shirts were like the shit there, if you remember, for like seven years that was just like the cool thing to do and now they're they're really gone but anyway um and people and just coming to work people are like dude what's on your hand it looks like the end of a tail did you get a tattoo i'm like yeah i'm like it's a dragon and it's just like so far outside of who i am that's the thing the juxtaposition and and just feeling that regret was really bad that's such a great tattoo idea now, here's another tattoo idea, another tattoo nightmare. This one, I, this story I think is even better. So, I dreamed in my left, on my left forearm, up near the elbow, like right there, sort of. I dreamed that I got a red triangle. And I think there, I think this came after like watching, I was like, I had to watch like a Portugal the Man music video for work or something, or I was like, reviewing it and uh i think that he i think john Goy gets a, a triangle tattoo or something so it might have like incepted my brain but it was not there but i just dreamed i got a red line triangle right there and the guy i'm with the, the tattoo guy and he does it and he's like yeah i think i think I know what you want i was like yeah i'm like we got the stencil out and it was like the perfect size and he does it and i'm like cool cool and, and and he and he starts tattooing it and he does it and then he finishes and he looks back and i go whoa Dude, that looks really cool. And he and the tattooer is just like, uh, yeah, man. Like I, I honestly, like I didn't know if it would look that cool, but that looks really, really fucking cool. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't a it wasn't a triangle. It was a box. It was just like a square. It was a a square or something. And, he, and the tattooer is like, yeah, dude, it looks really fucking cool. And I was like, yeah, man. And he goes, wait, dude, I have an idea. Like, 
it looks so, so sick, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, what if I just do another one? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, all right, if one looks so sick right there, what if I just do a second one, like, right next to it or, like, right there, and it'll be really rad? And I was like, dude, I, we're on a roll, so <laughs> I, I'm with you. Just go for it. Do a second one. And he's like, all right, man, let's do it. So then he proceeds to tattoo me, but instead of putting it next to it, like a second box or a second triangle, he puts it over the triangle, but just slightly askewed. So it's like a second triangle that's just sort of off. So then it's like, do you understand what I'm saying with the triangle? Mm-hmm. Like, here, I've got, a, I've got a pen. So if the triangle is like on my arm, like this, he does another one like, like this. Do you see what I mean? Where it's like almost he almost just drew on top of it again, except now it's just sort of off. And I go, Oh, that doesn't look as good. And the tattooer's like, No, that's that's not as good. I kinda wish it was just one. I was like, Yeah, he's like, Well, I guess I could just do a third and like maybe that'll help. And I was like, It can't hurt. So then he does a third red triangle. And it's like, it's like this now. And I'm like, dude, that is, is bad. Oh my God. And he's like, I, I know, man, I, I'm sorry. Like, I really, I, I, I thought that it was going to look cool. Do, do you want me to do a fourth triangle? Yeah, yes. And I do, was like, do it, do it, dude. I don't think so. No. And I just left. I was like, this was so cool. And now I just have like. A mess of triangles <laughs> on my arm. And it just looked like a mistake. And I just like left. And these are my tattoo nightmares. Cause I was like, they're irreversible. So for have something <laughs> go just so wrong. You think about tattoos way too much. No, th- these are two these are two dreams that happened over the course of like ten years. You know what I mean? Uh and then so I do think getting the cube was a way of taking conscious action against my subconscious <laughs> because those weren't conscious fears. I never, I wasn't afraid that this would actually happen or, but it was like, it was manifesting itself in this really interesting ways are some of my most memorable dreams. So, uh, so yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to succumb to my internalized ridiculous fears. I'm going to get this, this goddamn tattoo. All right. So you finally have a tattoo. This is your first tattoo. Yeah. Now you're gonna get a shitload more, right? I, I understand the uh the hype. I was like, ah yeah, I see why people want more of these things. Um I will say Eric was encouraged me. He didn't weigh you didn't weigh in on the idea of the cube. You you just laughed about it and said, if you bring any you said to me, if I, if you bring any tattoo idea to me, I'm going to encourage it. <laughs> and then as I was, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And I was showing you different artists that could do it. You were you were like, stop talking to me about it. I was like, well, I'm trying to find the right person for it. You're like, don't fucking talk to me about this cube until you just have it. I was like, well, dude, I'm trying to figure out how to get it. And you're like, stop it. And I was like, okay. Uh, this fucking cube. I've been and talking about it for two years. Yeah. Or a year and change. And uh, I was going to get, I was actually, I was, I was looking at like some of the stick and poke stuff, which is really rad because I wanted it to have like a, a hand done uh quality um 
but you called them hipster bullshit tattoos. I sent them to my <laughs> friend who called it, quote, novelty tattoos, which I thought was very funny because I was like, by definition, you can't even there, there isn't such a thing as like a novelty tattoo because like the concept of novelty, will it will wear off and <laughs> tattoos don't. You know what I'm saying? But I knew what he meant. And I was like, all right, fucking fine. So and the the, the stick and poke people didn't get back to me. And, they, and I, I was worried about the way they were healing. So I found a normal tattoo person and I went in normal, like traditional. And I went in and I like had the drawing and she comes up and just goes all right so which one of you is getting the boxes and i was like um it's a cube i'm getting the cube on my leg she's like oh yes okay uh which one's which one of you is getting a cube I was like, the cube the fucking cube ma'am um yeah here let me show it to you i gotta take off my pants Pretty good. <laughs> Nick is taking off his fucking pants right now. This is great. Yeah. There it there is. There it is. The cube. The cube. I forgot to moisturize it today. It's not good. Um, <laughs> came out pretty good, though, right? Yeah. I hope you take off your pants everywhere to show people. No. Nowhere else. <laughs> um, we repositioned it like five times. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, I had to get it right. Also, um, it was like experimentation because I got on my left thigh listener and um, I wanted it lower, but like your the skin was doing a lot of scrunching and it was like morphing a lot. So we were like, let's go a little just a little bit higher um, because it's like really solid piece of meat there that won't like move around too much. But now it's like it's not even that visible, even when I'm wearing like my fucking five inch inseams, which is a little bit disappointing, but uh, that's fine. Thighs are a good place to practice tattoos. Um, I mean, I, you know, you got your first one there, but I, I've been saying I should just buy a cheap tattoo gun, and with my limited knowledge and illustration skill, just try to start tattooing your own thigh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like a really convenient place to tattoo on yourself because you don't have to like contort your body in any weird yeah. way. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, depending on how high up you go, like it's not always even vi- very visible. So you can do shitty tattoos on your thighs. <laughs> Good. For a lot of people practice. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I got to think about what my next tattoo is and how it, because I'm sure you get, you know, you got black tattoos first, then eventually you got a color one. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I really like the black, but then all of a sudden it's like, well, kind of got to balance it out a little bit. I I love asymmetry in tattoos. So this arm is mostly black. I'll once I have money to start getting tattoos again, which it never seems to happen. Uh, the other arm will probably be more color. Yeah, you haven't gotten one in a long time, have you? It's been like seven or eight years, probably. Yeah. Wow. Let's see. You have. Yeah, I know you have some ideas. I gotta sell like a hundred more Pokemon cards. There's like so many things I need to spend money on between now and November. Um, and I'm assuming that I'm going to have money again in November <laughs> because of a thing that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, but until then, I need to save up a little. Yeah. Try, to, try not to spend all my money on pizza every fucking day, which is what I've been doing. Hard not to, dude. That's part of the, I think it's like a rite of passage in New York. <laughs> You get here and it's just there and it's easy and it's fast. There's so many pizza places right by my apartment. 
Do you have Best Pizza right by there? It is. It's on the other side of my block. Just walk yeah. around the corner. I love that one. I actually haven't been the best yet. Oh, okay. One of my roommates said it was really good. Uh, I went to one of my other roommates' recommendations, Two Boots. Oh, yeah. It was really good. Um, and then there's Vinny's Pizza, which is yeah. pretty quick and like you can just kind of like. Vinny's is classic and it has all the. They have novelty slices now that we're saying it that are really fun. I had Vinny's earlier today. I had their Texan pizza. Love it. <laughs> T. Hanks. Um, yeah. Well, that's fun. Well, uh, and I have another recommendation from my r- new roommates, Poke Bob on Bedford Avenue. Yeah, you, you mentioned that, and I've definitely walked by it. I got to go really see what's going on in there. You know, it's not going to be the Hawaiian style, but that's okay. Um, when I went to Poke Poke, I went there twice on, when I was back there, um, and they offered up to, for me to, to talk. I was asking about their distribution and their supply chain <laughs> to the the guy that was working there. He's like, it's a little above my pay grade, but I can like set you up with the owner. And I was like, oh, this is all I've ever wanted. <laughs> but I like I had you know I was leaving, so I didn't get to do it. But he did tell me that they have the same fish distributor as Uchi, which is the most celebrated restaurant in Austin and one of the top rated sushi restaurants in the country. Uh, so I was like, yeah, that checks out because your fish is too dang good. <sighs> so. Sushi last night. I had poke today. I love fish. So maybe a fish tattoo would be uh, a good one. Do it. Yeah. But <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> I'm just thinking. There's always yes. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud. It's fun to think about things. Um. All right. Well, that's a good bit of life catch up for us. Um, should we do a hard turn into Adventure Time discussion? Uh, sure. Episode discussion. Okay, so we watched season nine, episode four. Not nine, not season nine. Wasn't it season like six or something? Season nine, episode four. That's where the elementals are? Yeah. Huh. Elements... Part three, Winter Light. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Um, so. <laughs> Trippy episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. It was a pretty good episode. Pivotal in the Elements series as it's revealed kind of what Patient St. Pym is up to, which I don't really know. Um, it, it, it's another, it's a really fun one because it starts and immediately Ice King is hatching out the plan for the episode, which is they're going to do a rescue mission into Ice Kingdom, which Patience has taken over, and they're going to try to rescue his new friend, Weird Lady, which is Betty. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and the and the the comedy ensues. He is talking about this plan on a quote, quote blueprint I found, which is really odd. And after he lays out his plan, which is very close to what they actually end up doing, Jake goes, this isn't a blueprint. This is just a placemat from a seafood restaurant. <laughs> and there's a word search on it. And he goes, and this word search is way too hard. We actually paused it on the word search and, and did some stuff uh, trying to find it. Eric forgot how to do a word search. I guess I don't know the rules. They didn't explain the rules. No. But <laughs> the, your... your um, Answers have to be connected either in a line, vertical, horizontal, or diagonal. What's the well, okay? So, what game am I thinking of? Boggle is that a game? That's a game. I don't really know how Boggle works. 
is is Boggle a word game? Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think maybe Here, I was I'll playing, Google word search for you. Oh, maybe I was, the, maybe I was playing Boggle and I should have been playing word search and I just got the mixed up. There's the Google theme song. Um, So look here, you see how this, this is what I'm talking about. You either have to go across or down. This is the word search would be there and the answers would be like that. Okay. So, so me saying the word shirt was not a word search fine. That, and, that, and that's why it was so hard because there were, there were words like shirt that were disconnected that weren't yeah. in a straight line. That's why Jake thought it was difficult. Probably. Okay. Um, now, what are the rules of boggle? Is boggle what I'm thinking of? Boggle. Word search game. Fucking work. I was playing Boggle. That's right. Yeah, so in Boggle, you can just... The the letters have to connect, but you can go, like, all topsy-turvy. Okay. That's where the disconnect was. I think Boggle's more fun. <laughs> I think Boggle's more... You have to be more creative. Yeah, I mean... Word searches are actually kind of boring. <laughs> Don't get defensive. <laughs> I think they both have their place. I mean, word search is more of, more of a puzzle and boggle is more of a game because you're, like, fig- you're like figuring out your next move and putting it together in a, in a way that, that involves a little bit of creativity, whereas a word search is like you're literally trying to just unlock the shit. But uh, I hear what you're saying. Um, but, yeah. It was a complicated word church. <laughs> um and uh and yeah, and then they're they're getting ready to go they're getting ready to go down and they're like the sky hooks won't work. He keeps talking about these they the, the sky hooks in, in the element series is really interesting that, that I remember the first time watching it, he says the sky hooks, and I thought it was pretty funny because he has a whole song about it. But then they keep bringing up the whole series, which is really interesting. So I'm like, I don't know if it should be coming back this much. What but, were the skyhooks? Were they just like wire hangers? Yeah. And he was calling them their skyhooks. I thought that was kind of funny. It was like <laughs> so really weird. They place a lot of importance on them. Yeah. Um, and they're getting ready to go down. And I forget what Ice King says, but Ice King's already wearing a suit. I don't remember why, with his beard tucked in, which so is a we, great look for him. We did the the episode where he gets the suit, I think. Yeah, I can't remember the why. spoke for. Yeah. And then he goes, he shrinks his crown to go under his little tuft of hair and he has his glasses on and he looks great. Like it's like the best he's ever looked yeah. as Ice King. Daddy like, Ice King. Yeah. Uh yeah, I <laughs> he 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 knows what he's doing when he does it too. Yeah. He's sort of like I I can pull with this look. Daddy Simon, yeah. Daddy Simon. Um and he, um, and to get ready, he gives Finn, he thinks it's going to be cold. He gives Finn and Jake sweaters with their best friend's faces on them. And Jake has one with Finn's face and Finn has one with Ice King's face. <laughs> Very fun. Yeah. And when, after he gives it to him, he, he, he flashes just the biggest smile that you've ever seen from Ice King. It's a rare moment 
that is actually not creepy, yeah. but endearing for Ice King. Yeah. In a way that's just still painfully awkward, but it's so adorable. Mm-hmm. And they're figuring out when to go down. And this is like the weird Ice King stuff where he like, they're like, okay, how are we going to go down? And Ice King just throws Finn off the edge of this cloud, like plummeting hundreds of feet to his death. And then Jake goes after him and then he's like, don't forget about Ice King. And it's and they have to like basically improvise and like crack through the, the shell and Jake turns into a parachute. But it's just one of those weird things where it's like, why did Ice King do that? He didn't need to. It's like it, it like feels like he's sabotaging Finn, but they're on the same team right now. It's one of those. Pu- it's one of the things that makes Ice King so puzzling and unpredictable. Ice King's got a lot of brain scrambling moments in this episode. I just. It's too hard to try and keep up. Yeah, he does. And uh, <laughs> right after it gets it gets real good, <laughs> um, the, with one of the best brain scrambling moments is that now they're in the ice cave, and the ice cave. It's like all the lights have been turned off. It almost looks like space, or as Finn accurately describes, the bottom of the ocean. And it's way colder than they expected. And Jake's like, "Hey, man, I got fur. You can take my sweater." So he puts Jake's sweater on over his original sweater, which means that he's now wearing a sweater with Finn's face on it. And Jake goes, ha ha, two fins. And then, Eric. <laughs> the most bonkers moment of the episode ensues. Yeah. It, totally non sequitur. Yeah. It, I, Ice King has, I guess what I would describe as a panic attack. <laughs> like, what he's seeing in front of him is like his reality shatter and he doesn't know how to handle it. And he starts shaking and crying, and his mouth goes really open, and his teeth are sharp, almost lemon grabby. I said, "This is like a lemon grab freak out," and you were like, "It's it's way more tragic than a lemon grab freak out." Yeah, like there's there's intense sadness behind <laughs> that scream. Is just oh oh, it's 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 wrenching, and uh, yeah, it's really bad. And then he and then he settles down. And he goes, "Oh, I get it." The one on top is fake and the one below is real. And he's shedding a huge tear because it's, I, I guess we're led to believe that it's the the reality that Finn's best friend isn't Ice King was like too much for him to bear. And then, I don't know, then they get on a sled and start sledding around the bottom of this ice ocean. It's weird. And they see a bunch of ice people and I don't know, man. That I that freak out was really was really great because it all he also freaks out for a long enough time where it's not just like most you would expect a joke of that for him to go like, ah that's not it like he screams for too long yeah. so it's really unsettling it really like just throws a wrench in the episode like the flow is completely thrown off yeah it's something else oh my god um <laughs> yeah I mean we kind of. Just get this little tour through the new Ice Kingdom, and all these characters are just—they're just resigned to being bored and sad, and just sitting there, kind of depressed, like not really yeah. doing anything, not really giving a shit about anything. What do we see? We see a snow golem. We see an ice clops. We see Carol, formerly the cloud person, who has been frozen into solid ice, and she's normally a very angry character. And she's still kind of like pissed off, but she's not. No, she seems to be enjoying a more physical form. She can draw her elves and stuff because that's what she likes to do. And it's like, seems to be enjoying this reality. Yeah, she's uh, she definitely doesn't 
care that much about about like everyone's sort of sad, but she just doesn't really care about it. I don't know. They go th- they go into the next room and there's like ice foxes that are all very sad and they're singing sad songs and they kind of just don't really care about a lot. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting property of ice. And I was wondering if it was connected to the malaise that pa- patient St. Pym had and it was radiating from there or if it's sort of like something to do with the ice, which I guess Ice King kind of falls into. But it, yeah, it's like you're sort of depressed, you're sort of melancholy, resigned to being that way. I, I think this Cold is in the heart. how they're just characterizing the emotion of what ice represents like cold cold and disconnected yeah and i guess they they do that with all the elements because the candy people are super sweet and sort of artificially happy uh the fire people are warlike and extremely angry and they just want to fight and kill everything and the slime people are opulent kind of gluttonous i guess is there yeah is there their emotion I, i don't really remember that episode but I guess all of these elements have sort of distilled into their purest form and they kind of represent that with these characters being like sort of mono-emotional. It's unclear if Patient St. Pym is acting that way because she's been affected by this spell as like the pure ice version of herself or if that's her natural state, like she fucked up so bad and she kind of just doesn't care. So now this is what the ice people have to deal with too like i don't know it could be circular yeah it's hard to tell um but yeah she does kind of uh just detail everything that happened like she gives you all the plot information this is what i did this is why it, it turned which, out could you, up. could you explain to me again because i was listening to it and i was like this is so crazy i'm like she okay patient st pim lauren lapkus woke up after like a thousand years uh for some reason, she she froze herself because she wasn't digging the current era that she was in. I forget why. She like I, I think it, there might be some like deeper character development in that like she wasn't getting along with the other elementals Elements, of her, yeah. of her contemporary period. Uh, so she was like, "Yo, fuck this! I'll just freeze myself and and cryo sleep until like there are other cooler elementals to hang out with." So she wakes up, and the other elementals are slime princess. Princess Bubblegum and Flame Princess, and they also don't want to hang out with her, is what it seems like. Yeah. So she's so Patient St. Pym was like, yo, that's fucked up. We should all be friends. We're the princesses of the elements. Uh, and if you can't understand that, then I'll just have to do this spell to reduce you to your pure elemental form, your most basic essence. And then, of course, we would love to hang out. She does this crazy big mega spell she calls it uh to do that and it still doesn't work like none of the other elementals want to hang out with anyone now like they're all like fighting each other actually so patient st pim fucked up and she's kind of like well there's nothing we can do about it now guess it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> she's so hurt that it's just like i don't fix it don't fix it it's all screwed up anyway yeah um and while Jake's down there, he he does get frozen and, and becomes a part of, uh, and he starts getting into this weird zone too. Yeah, it's it's unclear why the ice is affecting Jake in this way, but he's becoming an ice person. Uh, the longer that he stays down there, I he guess was, I think he was getting cold without the blanket, without the sweater. Yeah, I guess that's 
probably all it was, but he does have fur to keep him warm. He was he was growing a little ice unicorn horn. Yeah, I think I think he just overestimated the amount of fur he had. <laughs> yeah, even dogs get cold. Um, speaking of which, he when I think is it when Carol they meet Carol, um, Finn. Or I don't remember who it was. Finn introduces to somebody in this episode, um, Jake as his brother. Yeah, which which was which is obviously we know that's a fact, but I was like, I don't know if he does that often. Like, is he? I mean, obviously, I don't know if he introduces Jake as his friend. He never does his his dog because they're like peers. But I've never. It was just really refreshing to be like, oh, this is Ice King. This is my brother Jake. Yeah, it does jump out at you. Yeah, it's like that's something that Finn doesn't say usually. Yeah, I I picked up on it. I was like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um. I like that too, and also when they're when they're falling into this ice world, he says, "What is what would rattle balls do?" And I was like, "The fuck is rattle balls?" It literally, I was like, "It looks like Benson. It's like a big gumball machine." Yeah, it is. It is the Adventure Time version of Benson. I guess by the time Rattle Balls was introduced, Benson was already a very well established character. Yeah, um, it's Rain Wilson's character. Do you see some bullshit Rain Wilson was posting? Uh, you know, it was one of those things where it was on Twitter and people were freaking out and I was like, oh no, if, was it like anti-trans rights or something? What yeah, was it? Yeah, it was something like that. It was like, what All the right, hold on, fuck? hold on, hold on, hold on. I am not about saying just libel this willy-nilly shit. This is not that kind of podcast. Save that for, for Rogan. That's going to be okay. It was something. Oh, he apologized. Oh, he did apologize. Oh, it was a joke. <clears throat> oh, sure. Yeah. It was jokes. adding to misinformation and meanness. Oh, it was about breastfeeding and chest feeding. Oh, I remember that. That's right. Um, it was in the it was in the, the wake of like when Lizzo had to change the the name of her thing. I don't, dude. It's just like whatever. That um, was that was real real uh real classy. Uh, what Lizzo did, yeah. I thought. Yeah, she went and immediately re-recorded. Yeah, and just put. It's it. like, hey, uh, no problem at all. Like, thanks for bringing it to my attention. I'm going to change it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was really good. Sorry, I was on Twitter <laughs> yeah. and immediately I was like, oh, it's a sick tweet, and I, I like liked it. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I I love what Lizzo did too. Um, oh, uh, play that Lizzo appreciation minute theme oh song. Oh my god. <laughs> Appreciation minute. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's not even looking to Rain Wilson. I think is he. What's his like um, religion? He's he has a religion. He he's like. Oh, here it is. Oh, he's Baha'i. Yeah. Oh no. And I, I believe that is. I saw someone on Twitter go like, you know, the reason he's saying this is because he's Baha'i, and I was like. All right, we're getting into debt. We're getting to spots I don't know about. And I was literally at work and I was like, I can't dive into the rabbit hole right now. Okay. So I was raised Unitarian Universalist, which is like a hippie dippy left wing religion. <laughs> um, I, 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 should, I should say like raised with air quotes because we didn't start, I wasn't really raised with a religion. Uh, we started going to the local Unitarian Universalist uh, fellowship when I was. 11 or 12 years old and tour like I kept going all through high school because after a couple of years, like I made 
decent friends with the <clears throat> the other kids in the youth group. Um, the guitar player for Johnny Booth went to that same fellowship. Cool. Um, yeah. So it, it was a, it was a really interesting um, sort of community to grow up around, and I'm really glad that a th- you know I, I was exposed to. To, to that but also be that it, i didn't start until i was 12 like even though i thought it was overwhelmingly positive like i'm glad that it wasn't just like assumed from birth like that these are the things that they teach you and you don't question them it's like i had already yeah. like established a consciousness enough to like you know question things and find answers um sure <clears throat> and there was one one sunday in our youth group when we had someone from the local Baha'i church or whatever come and like talk about what they're all about because part of the the Unitarian Universalism thing was like you know learn and respect about all all the other things that are going on now Unitarian Universalism is also an extremely pro LGBTQ faith and um, I think like pretty much in every state that uh, first legalized same-sex marriage like in a unitarian universalist minister was the one to officiate the first weddings uh, um and even in some states where it wasn't legal like you you ministers were all were all officiating those weddings anyway uh so the baha'i person's talking about all their stuff and like their history and it's like it's sort of one of the more recent religions in the traditional judeo-christian lineage mm-hmm. so it's uh, like you know every every religion in that lineage basically is like we're the last one <laughs> right like Juda- Judaism was like there's not going to be any more prophets after these guys and then Jesus was like I'm the last prophet and then Abraham was like I'm the last one and then Joseph Smith was like, same same shit you know right. and Baha'i is like the next one to say oh no actually I'm the last Ooh, um got it and i forget everything about what they taught us about Baha'i Except for when someone asked, so what are the Baha'i like views on <laughs> on LGBTQ people and same sex marriage? And this person got so uncomfortable. Like she knew that she was well, she had turned a corner and like this was not the audience to be talking to now. Cause like, yeah, they're 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 uh they're yeah. homophobic. There's a whole I found um there's a whole Wikipedia article called Baha'i Views on Homosexuality. And yeah, it's basically just like it's um, this professor, Melissa Wilcox, little room for tolerance of same sex eroticism, um, not given to statements of disapproval, not not generally vocally anti LGBTQ where they're not like wept, I guess, uh, uh, Westboro Baptist churching it, but like they're not, not very high bar to clear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is funny. A former uh, Baha'i person can at most be characterized as one of the sympathetic disapproval towards homosexuality. Whatever, get fucked. <laughs> Which is, I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, I don't know. That that just sounds like they're against it, but they're trying to be like, yeah, but we're cool about it. <laughs> they're against it, but they're trying to cover their PRSs. Yeah. Um, all right, well, I learned something new about Rain Wilson, and it's a good thing I don't give a fuck about The Office, I guess. Cause <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we don't have to get into Office talk. Well, I think we've already done that. Whatever. Um, difficult, difficult.
We're back. Okay. I don't know where we left off, right? Where you spilled your seltzer. Spilled my seltzer. <clears throat> um, so, anyway, so what? where were we? Um, the ice, uh, yeah, so they're in the ice thing. There's the foxes. They sing a song. I don't remember what it's about. Um, it's about something about magic. Uh, we should listen to the whole whole song by yeah. Kelly Kelly Hogan. Kelly Hogan. Here we go. Jack Pendarvis wrote this. What's Jack's deal? He's uh, on the crew. He's like a... What does he... What does he do? He's done a lot of story developing. As well... He's not a storyboarder, but... also written on B and Puppy Cat. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Today I'm taking you. 
That's a pretty cool song. Um, are we going to put the whole thing in? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, written by... Copyright J- claims come at us. Jack Pendarvis, um, who wrote stories. I think it was 115 different stories. Um, he's also worked on SpongeBob, Steven Universe, Summer Camp Island, Being Puppycat. Just a prolific cartoon man, that guy. Um, Summer Camp Island. Did they? Are they wrapping that up? No, I can't remember. There's I a new season coming. I I forget if it's the last one. I think it might be the last one. Yeah. They did a lot of. He- are you caught up? Um, no. They did a lot of heavy plot stuff in the last season. They did like, basically, they did mini se- a few mini series, and they um they did like one that focuses on. Susie's whole backstory and they did a bunch of like character focused miniseries that like really fills in a lot of plot information so it seems like they they kind of covered a lot of the story that they need to cover so that'll be cool but uh yeah it was it was a cool song I mean it was it was interesting for them in this episode just to go back to this to put in the foxes um into in into the ice and like they have a fox orchestra. I we obviously know Mr. Fox. Is there episodes where we see like this whole fox clan? I don't really remember that. I just remember Mr. Fox. Oh no, yeah, there's a lot of foxes. It's kind of funny they have the whole bandstand with the whole fox yeah orchestra. Like <laughs> but the only the only guy that's playing is the guitarist. <laughs> and they're all looking at the guitar player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah the song is just guitar and vocals. They have all those other extra musicians that are just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's I think it's implying more of just like um that they're like <laughs> they're like that there's more going on, that like this is a thing they do, that they're a musical ensemble and they're like yeah. down there doing this, which I find very fun. Um yeah, and then Carol comes down and has double crossed them and brought uh, patient St. Pim and uh, Finn tries to battle her, but then by going into like her dress, she's also really big patients. Like she's like yeah. quadruple the size of any of them. And then uh, he gets shot out. He's ice. Ice King refers to him twice as a cool boy, which is interesting. Um, but patience was going to have this party for the other elementals. And she has all this shrimp. And at that point, ice King <laughs> checks out and eats all the shrimp and they keep going. Um, and yeah, and and then and then yeah, and then the, and then basically Ice King finds Betty and she's frozen in a block of ice and he gets her out. And Patient Saint Pim doesn't really even seem to care. And yeah. and Finn takes Jake, who's now frozen, is like Patient's like he's gonna stay here forever. And Jake's like, no, nah, I'm gonna take him with me. And she's like, okay, whatever. And they get back in the cloud. Everyone's thawing out, but. Nothing's changed, so it's like, oh, patience is now so strong that she doesn't even need the magic man stuff. Um, yeah, s- not, not a lot of uh, very interesting voice acting from Lauren Lapkus. Like the whole demeanor that she has to portray is just blase. I don't give a shit. Like it wasn't wasn't fun that it was Lauren Lapkus. Yeah. And uh, it, I, I think it's just because that's what it is. That's what that's where the character yeah. is in this, in their journey. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Freedom. Yeah, 
just hearing her talk all the time. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, like that's her voice, but it's just so less animated <laughs> than, in this than, episode. Yeah, in yeah. this episode than what I have been hearing on the podcast. Oh yeah, she was outrageous. Always on Comedy Bang Bang too. Um, they were talking about their their biggest roles, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like she has Jurassic World. Which, oh really? W- which beats uh, Scott Aukerman and Paul F. Tompkins, um, but I was thinking, oh well, she's in Adventure Time, but yeah, but they don't give a shit about that probably. <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins was in There he's, Will Be Blood. Yeah, I don't remember that scene. Mr. Plainview, Mr. Plainview, he like he's like shouting down. <laughs> um, yeah, well, in in uh, when uh, Paul Thomas Anderson was writing Magnolia, he was, was he, he might have been he was dating Fiona Apple. And was hanging out a lot at Largo, which is like the L.A. comedy club that like Paul F. Tompkins frequents and Zach Galifianakis frequented. And it was like this this like whole linchpin in the L.A. scene. And uh, I guess Paul F. Tompkins been there. He has a really good bit in one of his uh, stand-ups where he bit where he went and read for a part in Magnolia, I think. And it it just sounded like it went so bad, <laughs> so so bad. And he just like did and then end up not having the part. But Paul, I guess Paul Thomas Anderson still likes him. Uh, it's pretty funny. You should find that. Um, nice. Yeah, it's good. I mean, um, I guess I wonder who's doing Betty at this point because now Betty, but even by her own accord, is getting a little crazy. And they 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 use like a copy of the Inchiridion to to solve matters. And I was like, yes, I'm I'm into this. Uh-oh. Yeah. So it wasn't too long ago we watched the episode that comes after this, or a few episodes after this, where Betty. Uses the Enchiridion and then she gets it doesn't work or what if she gets transported to Mars for some w- yeah. weird reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Betty, Betty always confuses me. Mm-hmm. I'll never get her storyline straight. I, I don't know why she confuses you so much because it seems really linear to me. But uh... I can't. I can't make sense of it. Betty's the one character. Really? Yeah. She's heartbroken over Simon and it dri- and her driving to save her drives her to madness. I think that's about all there is to it. Yeah, but there's some weird episodes where like I just I, she pops in for just a minute. I'm just like, where did she come from? Where where is she at in her arc? I can't I I every time she appears, I'm always surprised and I can't remember what what she had been coming from. Mm-hmm. Well, she also is now magic she has magic man hat and all that shit. So yeah. that 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 just I feel like if you have Magic Man properties, then you're not going to be able to make sense of a lot of it. Maybe, um, yeah. So it's definitely an interesting app. Um, did you see the snail though? Yes, I saw the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No, I did not. Yeah, because you were on your phone. I was writing notes. <laughs> to, to that's why I went through a lot of shit. You know, I was keeping us on track and things I wanted to remember. Uh, yep, I saw the snail. Then I saw you on your phone, not seeing the snail. <laughs> yeah, I I think this takes precedence, so I'm okay <laughs> with it. But I did, I did, I did look for him uh, actively while it was happening. But I he was in, was he? he was inside a frozen penguin. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. That's not where I yeah, I didn't I didn't see that. <laughs> cool. All right, congratulations to me. One second, one second, I'm sorry. Congratulations! 
right. Miscellaneous Media. Okay, so the word search, mm-hmm. not boggle, but the word search was all nautical themed. And the words were ahoy, which you saw, trim, which I saw, and then sea, boat, and jib. <laughs> nice. That's fun. Um, I like I like that we got the answers. <laughs> um, Yeah, I guess they're saying Ice King... Shrinking his crown is like a real, like improvement of his powers. Like, which I guess is a good point. It's like, has he ever shrunk something before? Also, they're in the sled and he's like powering the sled with his ice magic. It's, it is kind of impressive. Yeah, it's not just shooting ice and more and using ice. It's like, it's beyond that now. Yeah, but he still doesn't rec- recognize Betty. Still refers to her her as weird lady. <laughs> yeah, I know it's very tragic. Yeah, they they talk about the farm, the farm world uh, crossover, which is which is interesting. That's where he got the Enchiridion. Yeah, because it was destroyed in this dimension, but they got it from another dimension. Yeah, like the Avengers, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the snow golem ice clops sequence is a reference to the original animated short. Like the pilot, I guess. Mm. I say go back and watch that one these days. Yeah. Maybe we should watch that for the 100th episode. No. We're going to do the 100th episode live, right? Uh, We'll have to see. (laughs) We'll see if we get there. I feel like we have to to make some real plans for that. Yeah, we've only been doing this like bi-weekly recently. I know. We need to catch up. It's going to take some more time. But that's a good other, other idea for it. Um... Yeah, I don't have much more. Should we see what we're going to watch next week? What are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? Sixty-five. From bad to worse. I think we watched that. That's the zombie episode. Mm. Okay, let's run it again. 237. Pre preboot part one. I don't think we did that. No. Preboot part one. That's season eight. Yup. That is um season eight episode season eight episode twelve preboot part one. Okay. Oh, yeah. did we do this one? This is Susan Strong. Maybe we did the one right after it. I don't know. Did we preboot do this? part two? Um We did reboot. Oh, okay. Then that's the one I'm thinking of. So, so yeah, we're good for this one. Yeah. I know we've done so many of these that now it starts to be like, oh, man. (laughs) Is that one I watched or is that one we did? We might accidentally, like, just do an episode that we've already done and not realize it. If that happens, I'll be impressed, actually. Yeah. All right, cool. uh, Thanks for listening. 
Uh, if you like what you hear, give us five stars on your podcast app. Get sports at adventure uh, at anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast and tell a friend to listen to this. That's probably the, the best thing you could do. Uh, share this thing, post about it. Thank you. All right. Peace out, y'all.